Welcome to Let's Get Writing, the podcast that explores the creative process of writing from books, scripts, plays, and poems to songs and blogs. This series focuses on authors, publishers, and artists. Catherine's guests share their process of writing in all its forms. Listen along to discover the personal journeys behind their work. Explore options from indie to traditional publishing and learn tips and secrets to inspire you. Welcome to Let's Get Writing. Welcome to Let's Get Writing. I'm your host, Katherine Taylor, and this is the show all about the writing process from creation to publication. Here is where you can find inspiration, ideas, and meet the people behind the stories. We bring life to books. Now, remember, you can always ask a question in the comment page, part of the page. And if we can answer it, we will. And if we can't do it during the show, we'll certainly do it after. Now, today, I have not one but two fabulous guests. These ladies are so much fun that I may even consider taking up knitting just to feel more connected to them. And if you knew me, you know that that's uh, a long shot. (laughs) My schedule's pretty tight. Anyway, so needless to say, I haven't started yet, but there are hundreds, if not thousands of knitters worldwide who are very connected to these ladies, and my guests celebrate the traditional knitter of Newfoundland, and they've become quite famous for the beautiful patterns that they create and recreate. So please welcome to Let's Get Writing, Christine LeGrow and Shirley Ann Scott, and I'm just going to bring them right up in the screen, and hopefully that all works. (laughs) We have one. And bingo, here you are, ladies. How are you today? (laughs) Well, thank you. Well, we're here to talk about knitting, and I spoke with you a few years ago and it was one of the most fun interviews in the whole time that we were talking all you did was knit so you're not doing that today (laughs) no not today not today well i think i i just want to start i know you have so many fans and so many people that want to know about knitting but i just want to start like how, how did this all come together christine why don't why don't you take that off the top and then surely you jump in after just so we're not stumbling over each other Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shirley and I met uh, about a 16 years ago, I guess now, and we realized right from the get-go that we had a mutual love of hand-knit items and a particular interest in the knitting from the island part of the province of Newfoundland and Labrador. And Shirley had collected for about 40 years a really beautiful collection of uh, Newfoundland knit double ball mittens and trigger mitts. I was fascinated by that. And uh, we got talking about how you can't really see all those patterns anymore. It, it had whittled down to just one or two diamond patterns that you see in craft stores. And Shirley and I set out uh, with a plan to get some of those in old-fashioned printed form, uh, not on Ravelry. <laughs> and Shirley probably want to drop jump in there now with a comment or two, I'm sure. Well, it took us a good three years to do four patterns, I think, <laughs> looking at the old ones. And then we started writing the books, and every book has 20 patterns in it. <laughs> so we um, upped our game a bit when we thought we should write a book <laughs> about it. 
he had to figure out from scratch what to do. You know, how to get the pattern written down. We had only the old mittens to look at and tried to figure out how the knitters had done it in the past. And then, of course, to get that all written down and then to figure out how to write it so other people could do it, then figure out how it would, if it would be right or not. So we spent uh, the next little bit of time doing that, but we had a ball. I mean, we always met in a coffee shop. We didn't do any heavy duty kind of meeting or anything like that. It was just, if we could get together, we did. And we had a lot of fun doing it. So that's totally we sure did. Yeah. It's, mm -hmm. a, it's amazing because when you, you tell that story, how sometimes grassroots things happen like this, like you said, you had a ball and all I could think was knitting balls <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> oh, there were. <laughs> we used to try things on to people that were sitting in the food court. <laughs> We did something and wanted to see if it fit like an average sort of man. We'd go to all the men and make them try them on. That's right. That's oh, right. my goodness. Like I said, you're so yeah. much fun. Now, yeah. We weren't serious about it no, at all. No. We were playing. Yeah, Christine, we do you have... We weren't serious at that stage. Yeah. Yeah. But I We got serious really quick when we signed a contract. Well, I'm going to say, yes, I'm going to just bring in the, the show in the stream, the three books you have right now. And uh, there we go. People can see that. And um, they're beautiful books. I have two of them here. And the books themselves are like stunning works of art. And just to take people inside for a minute, there's inside the back cover. But I, I want to encourage you to pick the books up. I mean, you have to. These are a wonderful addition to any home. But when you wrote the books, and actually I know three books in three years was crazy. We're going to get back to that. But Boulder Books published you, and they recently won an award um, for a craft award um, at for Atlantic Canada for the excellence of the books. So can either one of you, I'm not sure who wants to take that, but maybe um, talk a little bit about that. Okay, we've got Shirley. <laughs> I will. Well, we had a nice sort of team of supporters here who encouraged us to apply for that award. And because it wasn't the, at the top of our minds. And um, so the criteria were pretty strict. And uh, it was for innovation and excellence in design. So we started thinking about how we had had to develop a whole way of writing knitting books that had never been done before. If you would compare our books to the average knitting book, the average knitting book has one, uh, for each item, there's only one or two photos and it's only ever knit in one color. And we knit all our items in seven or eight colors. And Christine, who does most of our photography, goes out with her telephone <laughs> and matches mittens up to the land and all sorts of other places with a really uh, great creative eye and takes many, many pictures of each design. So we wanted it to be a really beautiful book as well as a useful one. Mm. So um, I think we really totally do deserve that award. We had to figure out how to write charts, get them squashed on the pages and and uh, so that they could be read properly and all those things. So 
Mm, and I, th I think nobody realizes. Christine. Yeah, nobody realizes what goes into making nobody a book did. like this. Oh, I have to say, our publisher, of course, had never done a knitting book, so he didn't have a clue. <laughs> and <laughs> that good. worked in our favor. We could tell him to do anything, and he would do it. <laughs> Gavin's a very nice man. He's been on the show, and I could absolutely 100% see that he would be very much like that. He would accommodate what you would want, but he didn't know what he was getting into. No, hey, no Chris, we didn't either. <laughs> we didn't know what we were getting into, that's for sure. <laughs> no, Christine, uh, regarding the award, do you, you have any thoughts or comments on that? Oh, um, I was so thrilled when they'd asked us to apply for that award because Shirley and I had spent like 40 years <laughs> uh, <laughs> working on everything that went into those three books. So it, that was just kind of the conclusion of 40 years of our combined lives, even though we didn't know each other 40 years ago. And we were so thrilled that Boulder Books decided to publish our first book. And at that time, we didn't know there would be three. And uh, uh, therefore, I felt like it validated Shirley and my life's work. Uh, in recognizing mm -hmm. that there was a value to first hand knit mittens, and then in our second and third book, hand knit socks and caps and things for the homes. So it, it was a validation of that it had been all worthwhile and that knitting in Newfoundland is a very important part of our culture. So uh, it was very nice to know we'd been recognized for that. Wow. And that Boulder had been recognized for that for uh, taking on mm -hmm. us at faith that we knew how to do this task and then to give us a contract for three books. If I can jump in here, though, and talk about like our three books had mm -hmm. different themes. And I'm sure Shirley's going to talk about in a little while all the work that goes into writing the pattern from scratch. Uh, we, we wanted a theme with each book that would appeal to not only uh, knitters, mm -hmm. but to tourists, Newfoundlanders that didn't know how to knit, but were living away. We wanted it almost like a tourist brochure. <laughs> and we wanted it to reflect the history and culture of the island of Newfoundland. So we chose three different themes for the three different books. And I think it all worked out fairly well. I don't know, Shirley wants to jump in with how we went about writing the patterns. Oh, yes. <laughs> and really, it was such a really good day when Christine and I met because uh, you collaborate very closely when you have a co-author and there are a million things you would not dream of that it's just so much easier if you generally agree on them. And we have the same viewpoint in what we like in knitting and about how things should be made, even in colors and whatnot. So to have that similarity of outlook right from the beginning made that part of it easier. It could be a nightmare, I think, if you were working with somebody that you didn't see eye to eye with. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And when you're doing a book like that, and I didn't even really realize till I got talking to you that this process of creating patterns and then dissembling patterns that maybe you've come across that are historical and putting that together is a tremendous amount of work. Can you just talk about yes. that? There are two parts. First is creating the design itself and getting it to work out. And then the second part is writing it so that other people can see it and 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 get it made exactly the way you want them to. That I cannot 
I cannot tell you how hard that part is <laughs> and how much checking and cross-checking is required after you learn how to do it. But the very beginning part where you have an idea in your mind, oh, I'd like to make something like this. And then you grab the yarn and needles and you have to see if you can make anything that looks like what you're dreaming of first. And that can take a good bit of time and you have to decide, do I increase it every second row, every fourth row? Do I do it here? Do I do it there? You know, uh, should I put a bit of ribbing in here to make it fit better? What size should it be? All of those questions are before you really almost put a pen to paper. Of course, we keep notes. I have about 80 cubic feet of scrap paper here that, I, that I've saved from the beginning because I was taught by my mother not to throw paper out. Wow. It's become ridiculous. But um, you do have to keep notes all the way along. And after that, you start writing. And then comes editing, which is is a, is a terribly picky job, but extremely necessary. Mm, and Christine, what's your take on all this? What where where, where do you well, fit in? My here? take on it, <laughs> my take on it is uh, it's lots of fun dreaming up the patterns and or seeing a vintage knit item that you go, oh wow, we need to put that one in one of our books. I wonder how the knitter knit that. Uh, that's the mechanical part of the actual knitting patterns but uh, we wanted to create books so that were more than knitting pattern books and i found it great fun uh, with working with shirley and with boulder uh, talking about the themes each book would take and how we would connect those knitting patterns and those knitting items to uh, what makes newfoundland have the flavor it does what makes it tug at our heartstrings what makes people want to come back here what makes tourists want to visit so uh, it was a lot of fun in each book connecting a pattern to a story or an anecdote that Shirley and I had come across, or maybe there'd been a weather phenomenon on a particular day and we could capture that in a photo and then knit a color story that Shirley is fabulous at color stories. And then we could match Shirley's color story to a photo I'd taken and then write the pattern to suit that weather phenomenon, you know? So wow. we tried to create books that each one was different, but in a series of three that reflected what Newfoundland mm -hmm. is to Shirley and I. You know, and so that, that must that be kind of and there how are, we I glued feel, the patterns yeah. together to make a book. <laughs> I know, yeah. because I feel so good when I pick up these books. And like I say, I'm not I'm not a knitter. I, I mean, I, I remember back when I was in university, I knit a lopey sweater and the yoke was so tight, but I wore it anyway. I was just like, I made this, I'm going to wear it. I knit one for my boyfriend. I said, you're going to wear it too. <laughs> and, that was, and then I slowed down after. But you know, you may not be a knitter, Catherine, but you're a Newfoundlander. I am. I am. And I really Probably relate to the relate to the books on that level. Very much. And when I uh -huh. see the pictures and how you relate it to Newfoundland, it, it's just a book that I love to sit with. So you've really accomplished mm -hmm. what you set out to do. And I know that you each well, have some. You. Well, you're very welcome. And it's, it's, it's well deserved. <laughs> Um, I know you each have favorite patterns and I wanted you maybe you would talk about one of your favorite patterns and share a little more. 
who wants to go first? Here we go. <laughs> sure. Well, I'll talk first about. <laughs> okay. I'll talk about one of my favorite ones in book two. Okay. In Saltwater Classics, it's called uh, Vive la Rose, and uh, I wrote that pattern and dedicated it to Emile Benoit and his love of Newfoundland and his fiddle music and how he entertained people all over the world. Even though he wasn't a born trained musician, his first uh, fiddle was something his father had whittled out of a birch tree. So the fact that he could turn that music into something that people all over the world loved and related to. Um, so I dedicated that pattern to him and the music that he created and played. And the pattern was from a vintage mitten, but it reminded me of the fleur-de-lis of the flag of Quebec. So uh, it kind of tied the fleur-de-lis and Emile Benoit from the west coast of Newfoundland together, and we did it through music. So it's a heartwarming story, the story of his life. And we wrote a little bit of that in the book. So I think that hopefully is what makes people feel all warm and cozy. And when they pick up the book, whether they can knit or not, it makes them feel good and happy and content, particularly mm -hmm now mm -hmm. in the world we're living in it might even have more resonance mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. so i i bet i know one shirley's going to talk about <laughs> let's find out i bet you don't <laughs> <laughs> i bet you don't <laughs> maybe not <laughs> one of my fa most favorite patterns is the streely made trio that appears in the middle book saltwater classics the one with the pink cover that I don't think you have, Gabby. I've got this Which one. You, it's in this one? Have you, no, no. It's no, the, that's it's the one book I cover. don't have, Gavin. <laughs> and you'll have to get it yeah. because it's a very this nice one. and handsome book with that wonderful moose cup on the front designed by Christine that has now been knit about three million times. But the Streeley <laughs> Trio in there, you can knit it as a trigger mitt or a regular classic mitt, or you can knit it as fingerless mitts, which we call wristers. And um, I really thought it was going to be a lot of fun explaining to the world at large what a streel was. <laughs> yes, a little bit. <laughs> and what a streely made was. So I had a lot of fun uh, sort of hedging that a little bit and um, telling the story of streely maids everywhere. And I wanted to, to be connected to the freedom to choose bright colors or uh, to do things in the way you want. So I made a whole case out of it. <laughs> but it's really fun. It fits very well, but it's also one where you can use three or four different colors if you want. Some mittens, you pretty much have to stick to two. But others, um, this is one that you can put a lot of colors in. And it's been knit many, many times. Wow. And I to knit it again myself. Now you you take your patterns and uh, you've got wonderful, delightful ways that you describe um, the level of skill you need um, for some of your patterns. And I think you should, because I I found my skill level was at the uh, you know at the bottom. But degree of difficulty, tangly. Okay, so if I saw that, I keep I turn the page. <laughs> so tell me a little bit. How did you come up with that? What well, you know, concept? I hate to say it, but not too much in Newfoundland traditional knitting was simple. Really? There were simple things that could be done, but the trigger mitt tradition is very sophisticated. And there's at least 10 or 12 places in a trigger mitt where you have to know a special skill. 
and they knew those in the old days. So to call a trigamate anything but tangly is not being true. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. And you know, we got to remember, yeah. uh, two, say 200 years ago, when uh, mostly women and some fishermen were knitting those trigger mitts, the majority of fishermen and their families didn't have formal education. A lot of them didn't know how to read and write proficiently. So to be able to knit these mittens without that reading mm -hmm. and writing skill, just lets you know how inventive they were and how mm -hmm. sharp their minds were to be able to do that, even without electricity on a dark stormy night, you know, sitting mm -hmm. by a fire or a lamplight. It just lets you know that, uh, Mm -hmm. They were dedicated to survival for sure, but they sure made life not very boring. You know, they could have just knit a plain gray mitten because yeah. that's the color the sheep was, you know, yeah. but uh, they didn't do yeah. that. They put style and design into those mittens. Wow. Yes. It also shows from a very deep old tradition, the fact that it was able to keep going so long with nothing written down just that's shows right. that it had been and over again from generation to gen and brought here in the first place. It wasn't made up here, you know? Yeah. So mm -hmm. that's how it was done. Well, I remember, I mean, when you, when you're growing up here, your grandmother was always knitting and then my yeah. mother did a lot of crocheting that, that type of thing. I, I, like I say, I don't know what happened to me, but anyway, <laughs> but that tradition <laughs> is there. And I think the smaller communities and the isolation, and I've seen you two in action. You, you don't even look down anymore. You're just, oh, just no, no. <laughs> a lot of years since a, we looked down <laughs> a lot of years. <laughs> there are times though, you know, when we're designing it over the wharf, <laughs> you just have to sit in the quiet. You, you know, you have to really be focused and you have to have the pen and the paper next to you. Yeah. It's, it's not all easy and never looking mm -hmm. at it. You know, sometimes you're like this for hours <laughs> mm -hmm. and it's, it's just uh, when yeah, we're out over the wharf patterns, you know, you want to be uh, like in a good mood to get them started. That's right. That's right. Well, the people who buy your books, I'm going to say people because there are probably men who knit these too. Um, but well, there are. There are? Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they buy. Not many, but there are. <laughs> they're, they're out there. Um, so when people buy yeah. your books and they're they're going through and they run into a snag and they're like, oh, what do they do? Do they do they reach out to you? What happens? You put your email yeah. in there. <laughs> they send us emails. Well, in our yeah. day, you, there was no one to reach out to. You had to figure it out yourself and just by trial and error. But today, people do contact us, don't they, Christine? Oh, they do almost <laughs> every day. They'll either contact us with a question or they'll send us a picture of something they've knit. Or they'll, mm -hmm. they're people that live away and they tell us why they bought the book and why yeah. they bought the second book or why they're knitting a particular pattern. And they tell us about their grandparents from some little town in Newfoundland or the history of their family. They're very heartwarming emails. Some are pages long. Mm -hmm. Wow. The books have drawn Newfoundlanders that live away uh, closer to home. I really think mm -hmm. so. Yep. Here most amazing stories from, you know, people in British Columbia. I think there's some in Australia are making these yeah. and they can't probably be wearing them. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> so they're making it for a, a little bit of home, I suppose. Yeah. And, and I think this is a little unusual story. 
Yes, uh, do share. Last year, I bumped into somebody in a funeral home just before the pandemic hit. I bumped into somebody in a funeral home that stopped me, and I thought they were going to talk about the deceased person. <laughs> but instead, they wanted to let me know that they'd sent the books to Australia to one of their daughters that was teaching in a school. And she was teaching the patterns from the, the books to the students in the school to keep her connection to Newfoundland. And that was was in Australia and the weather was really hot there then. <laughs> so yeah. I thought that was a really heartwarming story. You know, I was like, oh, gee, that's great. Glad I came to the funeral today. <laughs> you know, but it, it and, was um, we really a really unusual story to hear at a funeral. <laughs> yes, no doubt. And, and one this week, there's a woman, I think she's in Germany. It was Germany or Holland. I'm pretty sure it's Germany. And her son is studying at Memorial. But of course, he hasn't had a chance to come here yet. So he's studying at Memorial in his living room in Germany. <laughs> but she wanted to be um, in touch with the place and what it was all about and bought our books and has started knitting them over there. So we thought that was pretty cool. Wow, you're, is, you're almost like fun. cultural ambassadors for the province with your books. <laughs> really, you are, because when I hear mm -hmm. you tell these stories and people reaching out to you and, and, and through your books, people feeling in touch with home. I don't know. It just mm -hmm. gives me goosebumps. It just makes me feel, you know, yeah. it, you, I can just imagine yeah. what it could mean to people. I, the beauty of the book. Yes, it's um, probably one of the best outcomes of all the work that we put into them. It's not even seeing the mitts on people, which we love, but just the thought that it has made them a beautiful thing to be proud of and that people are envious of. So, yeah, we have an, and they, yeah, an interesting here, Don't they, Christine? People oh, they do for sure. Yeah. The I think when the borders open up, yeah. Well, I, when the borders open up, there's a crowd coming. <laughs> well, you know, there are many wonderful things about living here and we have so much space. And you talked of Germany. You know, I've been to Germany and some over there and you're flying over those countries and everyone's just so close together. And I think when they Crowded, yeah, yeah, when they come to our country, they see the space, yeah. they come to our island and the ocean and the rock and the fresh air. Mm -hmm. It is pretty appealing at a time like this, anytime, yeah. but especially now. And um, yeah. through COVID, have you seen, you know, a lot of more people getting involved with it where people have mm -hmm. been home? They've been able yeah, to store some materials. Yeah. What about yeah. getting so on? Is there any wool shortage in the world right now? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, there is. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. And we've had and, emails um, from people that explained how uh, knitting the mm -hmm. patterns cheered them up while they were locked down and they couldn't leave their homes and their apartments. So that many, was many that was nice that they that. sent us those messages. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I wanted to say, um, apparently, a shipping container full of knitting needles <laughs> was swept <laughs> into the sea on on a tank on a a big cargo ship, not the one stuck in the Suez Canal, but a couple of months ago. So there are some brands of needles that people can't get now. And it's just the whole supply chain you suddenly see crumbling in front of you because a container fell off a ship. So 
No, that's right. It is real, and then all of a sudden you can't get the needles you want. And I could, and then you can. And I guess uh -huh. there are all sorts of needles that go into these patterns, but we can't. We can't go there. We simply would not have enough time. But as we yeah. come to the end of our time together, is there any very quickly one last thought you might like to share? We have a minute left, basically. Anything you'd like to say, Christine? Take it first. Oh, I'd like to thank anyone out there listening today that uh, knits these patterns or bought the books. I want to thank them from the bottom of my heart. They've made our lives so much more fun and so much richer this past few years. We just want to thank everybody who just picked up the knitting needles or picked up the book and just read one of those little anecdotes. It, it means the world to us. Thank nice. you. And, and um, Shirley. Uh, I wanted to say um, it's such a pleasure to see trigger mitts being worn again. Um, they're everywhere in the world now, but especially here and to see people esteeming them. And um, we were asked, invited, and we were able to give our uh, collection of vintage mittens to the rooms who did not have very many mittens at all because nobody thought they were worth anything in the past. And to think that they would be there forever or as long as the rooms is there um, is a great pleasure to us. Wow. I'm glad you shared that point. And so people can go there and, and also see mm -hmm. the view. Well, thank you so much for your time. And folks, don't go away because we are going to hop back on here in a few minutes. And these ladies are going to actually read from their knitting books and they're not going to be reading the patterns <laughs> so <laughs> please do join us and thank you so much for supporting let's get writing all these shows are available on my youtube channel at katherine taylor tv and please share your comments tell us where you're watching from and thank you so much have a great day thank you bye you're very welcome bye ladies <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. We'd love to hear from you. So please let us know what you thought of this episode and share your ideas for future guests or topics. You can email us at letsgetwriting at katherinetaylor.ca. Don't forget to subscribe and even leave a review. If you love this episode, share it with a friend. Until next time, believe in yourself and let's get writing.